welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Let me share from you share with you Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 Consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I love this verse. In him, the church is built together to become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So how does that happen? And what does that look like? Well, the first thing is that you are welcomed in, consequently, no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God people, God's people. Have you ever been a foreigner? Ever visited another country, not speaking the language, not knowing where to go? It's very awkward. It's just awkward and uncomfortable. And everything that is easy and normal for locals is such a horrific like ordeal to like get a train and what sign does that say and do you you guys use google translate on your phone it's amazing you can hover over any text and it will martin knows like it'll translate into another so that's great and you're sort of like hovering over signs like okay this one and like what do you eat and and the thing is like people like local life is so attractive like when you consider travel, people want to be like locals. Where are the locals? What are they eating? Where do they live? Where do they hang out? Like, you know, if so, like touristy is an unappealing word. Like, oh, it was a bit touristy. Like that means there were no locals there. It was just all this tourist life. Like you want to be where the locals are. And I love when I get to, I work for a company with offices over and I get to hang out with like colleagues in different countries and they take me to all the local places and it's so nice because they know where to go and I don't have to think about it and they order food and it's not off plastic English menus. It's like cool, authentic food and that that's so appealing. Like local life is so much more attractive than being a foreigner. And I've had friends, particularly with work, like who are foreigners in Australia and just dealing with visa issues is so full on. Has anyone here had to have the big visa thing? Like it's so stressful and you don't, you can't plan your life because you don't know when you're going to maybe get kicked out of the country and okay, I don't, I can't really go for that promotion or go for this holiday and where, you know, and just, and then I've had people that have like literally like had the visa rejected and it's like, cool. Okay. I got 30 days Bye everyone. Like just got to start again and just go home or figure something else out. And when it comes through, when they get, like I've had a good friend who just like it got approved. It was literally like two years of just processing and not knowing it. And it was like, I'm a permanent resident. I can stay here. I can get a credit card. I can plan a whole, I can leave and come back and I, I belong here. It's such a relief. 
It's so pleasant. We take that for granted. But when you have that, it's amazing. And we get that citizenship into the kingdom of God. We belong. Not just kind of, I like it here, but I can't really say it. I don't really know my way around. We, we get to belong there. We get to be citizens. And, and further to that, this was really, Paul was writing to the Ephesians who were Gentiles. So that was the term that was used for anyone who was not a descendant of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, basically non-Jewish and, and not through that, through that line. So those were the chosen people through that line and everybody else was a Gentile and not worthy of that heritage. And they were used to not belonging when it came to the kingdom of God. And he shares this with them. This is just a couple of verses earlier in the same passage. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who were called the circumcision, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that's us. We get that total, true inclusion and belonging and privilege to be part of that citizenship, that kingdom. This was, this was radical teaching at this time. This was, this was game-changing, life-altering, profound revelation that they could be included in this thing, even though they weren't born into it. And it's important for us to remember that regardless of where you've come from, whether you were born into a Christian home, whether you chose God from an early age or you've just now maybe towards the end of your life just given your heart to Him, regardless of your history or your past or your family or your heritage, you belong because Jesus died. And that is the only thing that qualifies any of us. Nothing we can do qualifies us. And so nothing we can do unqualifies us. He died and we accept it. And that's it. If you want this, you belong. And, and make peace with that in your heart today, church. Make sure that you don't have any sense of, well, sure, but you don't know like my background or, well, yeah, fine, but the, you know, like, well, this guy, like it, every single, we belong because of what Jesus did. And that's the, that's the only criteria. That's it. That's it. That's the end of the story. So if, if you don't feel that, get with God and, and let him bestow that in your heart because it's the truth and we get to belong. And that is miraculous. It's miraculous. And further to just becoming citizens, we also become members of his household. So it's not just like citizens that are like anonymously existing in a society, like I live here and I, but I don't know anyone, you know, like you can just live in a city and not really. We're also members of his household. So it's not just like that sort of superficial, maybe slightly anonymous, I'm allowed to be here and I know my way around, but I don't know anybody else. It says, no longer foreigners and strangers, but citizens and members of his household. So we go from being foreigners to citizens, strangers to family, members of his household. A household is an incredibly 
intimate thing. And I, I love to think about this because every household is its own, like, alchemy of elements, you know? Like, a household is a, a home. It's, it's got texture and every house has a distinct feel and smells and atmosphere and dynamics and certain kinds of people eating certain kinds of things with certain music on or sounds on and you know like you know a household by those sort of familiar markings and you know those houses when you're a kid like oh you let's go to let's go to here house oh I love going to their house like that Tamara's house when I was a kid Tamara's house was the best like the food was the best the, her mom always put out like a full spread like it was like she had so much mango mango was such a like delicacy in my there'll be like one mango between the six of us and in Tamara's house it was like sure you guys want mango she would cut up and just do the little cross hatch you know the mangoes like that and there'll just be a whole tray of them just and she'd just discard the middle bit we'd be like sucking on mango pips like trying to get some mango like Tamara had so much mango in her house she had so many DVDs and she had a pool and it was like that was the house you wanted to be I can still remember the smell I still drive past it in a rimba she's like she's doesn't live there anymore but I'm like oh tomorrow's house like it was such a great house and you know there's that thing like some households are just beautiful like they smell good and they they're welcoming and there's just an atmosphere and a dynamic that is so pleasant that you want to belong there can you imagine what God's household is like can you imagine the mango church there is so much mango in God's house it's there's no shortage it's not stingy at all just um, like just this incredible abundance and the thing with a household like it's very different depending on whether or not you belong there like you behave so differently if you belong in a household or not like when you go to a visitor's house it's like hi you know and you sort of like shoes on off what are we doing sitting here great hi thanks you know like oh do you want a hand thank you for saying no because I don't want to help you I don't know how to I'm the worst like don't say yes if I offer because I'll just mess up your whole dinner like so you know but when you belong in a household it's so different you probably got a key you go in like we you know visit my mom and dad's house it's still like it's my house you know what I mean like we just go just open Beth's door what are you doing Beth like oh, I'm actually busy no talk to me you know like you just you belong there and you just open the fridge above the fridge there's a chocolate like you just know the household like and you belong and it's such a different feeling when you belong we are members of God's household we belong we're not awkward guests shoes on or off God what do you want me to do like <laughs> sit here do you want help no okay we get to belong we get to just let it all hang out and just show up wearing whatever weird outfit you've put together and oh, I didn't bring anything because I didn't want to I didn't have anything like you can just be yourself you can be completely who you are in God's household and you get access to all the privilege and phenomenal abundance of his household you can feast on every single thing in his glorious kitchen you can hang out in every room and lounge on every comfortable surface and have music loud or music quiet or talk to whomever like we get to belong in that household do you are you exercising that right church are you spending time in his house are you are you dwelling in the household of God in, are you, as a family member? Because it's a privilege. And what a shame if we don't exercise that, if we're still hanging out in the doorway. Like, it's like, come in. You belong here. Like, it, just get amongst it. 
Make yourself a home. You know what I mean? It's so awkward when someone's still like fussy. It's like, okay, make yourself at home. You're at home. What do you want me to do? Like, you have to lean into that. You have to, he set it up. He's like, here, welcome. You belong. So come on, you know, sit down, eat what you want, hang out. Like, let's do that because we can. And it's so awesome. So we're part of his household, and it says, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. This is the same verse, 19.22. Members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, layer upon layer, this phenomenal foundation so apostle means sent one it's the sent it's the leader the establisher of the church and it starts with you know Peter and John apostles of Jesus Christ and then Paul and then champions of the church throughout history and then Phil Pringle who started the C3 movement and then my dad who started this church and and there's this incredible foundation of Apostles and prophets, so the, the word of God, the, the, the spoken out, you know, again, from like the prophetic words in the Bible all the way through prophetic words spoken over the church throughout history. And then, you know, Ian Cowie speaking a word over our church and then Aaron or Byron getting up here and speaking out like the prophetic word that comes from heaven. This is the foundation of our church. And it's, it's amazing, these layers of legacy and wisdom and truth and anointing and you know it's a good reminder when particularly when it comes to prophecy like that's not just like a frilly extra like oh Byron was pretty quite spirited this morning I like when he gets all you know riled up like it's not it's the the prophecy is the word from heaven over us and our church and that is foundational in the church that God has established here and that's a good reminder because the foundation of our church is not like Sunday 10 to 11.30 and the aircon's on 22 and the, you know, like the foundation of our church is four songs and then offering communion news. Like that's just execution. The, like the foundation of our church is so much richer and deeper and, and profound. And it's so encouraging because we are part of that legacy, Legacy is powerful. Legacy is profound. And, and we, you, are a critical piece of that puzzle if you want to belong here. We build on that foundation. You know, I, um, I was in London a couple of uh, weeks ago and mum has this old relative called Havelock, General Havelock, who she's gone on about for a while. And I, like, she, she loves him. He's, like, this Christian general guy, amazing. And I was in London, and I went through Leicester Square, and then the next day I was messaging Dad, and he was like, oh, don't forget Havelock's statue in Leicester Square because he's a big deal. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I should go back. Should be gutted if I don't go and see it. So I went back especially to see it, and I'm like, Leicester Square's got, like, this sort of amazing thing in the middle and then these four huge statues, and then there's sort of just, like, 
plaques and things going around the edges is quite big. So I'm like walking around trying to like have luck, this guy, have luck, you know. And then I'm messaging in our family group like where's have luck? I'm walking around Leicester Square like I'd like to go shopping. I'm sick of this. Like where's have luck? Luke's like it's on the, you know. And then I turn the corner and one of the four statues literally like to, higher than the ceiling General Havelock, like, Gen- Henry, is it Henry Havelock? General Henry Havelock, like, this huge statue. I'm like, wow, mom, you weren't, <laughs> you weren't exaggerating. He's a big deal. And I'm like, it was so, and then I sort of had this moment, like, looking at this statue, and I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about his history, but I know he was significant, and he was a general in the army, and obviously England was reasonably pleased with him because of the statue. <laughs> And I know that he was a Christian. He's got this amazing book called, like, Heart to Heaven or something, and he's, like, an amazing Christian. Mum will be so annoyed. I've just, like, butchered his story. <laughs> I've, like, wrecked a whole other sermon story for another time. You'll hear it pop up later. you be like, oh, this is Havelock. Yeah, we got, the, we got the terrible millennial version. But anyway, it was just, like, and then I had this sort of amazing moment, like, looking at this, and he's, like, literally just, like, you know, way back in mum's line and a lot of the men in our family have their middle name is Havelock that's like a thing or my cousins and stuff because he's you know like legit in our family line and it was kind of amazing like legacy oh Margot's here you know about Havelock (laughs) sorry for everything I've said I'm sure it's more significant than that but it was so profound like legacy is powerful that like I'm like that person and now me you know what I mean like that I'm connected to him and look what he did. I don't know what he did, but it was awesome. Like, <laughs> he was a big deal. And that, it, it's really, I was suddenly quite moved because heritage is powerful. And I'm on the other side of the world and here's this statue to this person who I know loved God and just went out in a blaze of glory. And, and, and then that's, you know, my family and it, it, it means something, you know? And, and the legacy of, of our church and this community, it means something. It's significant. There's an incredible foundation, an incredible legacy of, of heroes in our church and in the, the life of our church and the history of our church. And I take great pride in that. I take great comfort in that. Because, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Like, that's... That's not a cliche. That's, that's the truth that we get to walk in. And I encourage you to appreciate that because it's not insignificant. And again, regardless of your own, fa- maybe you don't have a Havelock in your line and that's okay because we have something so much better than that. We have Christ. We have these apostles. We have these prophets. And we, we are part of that. You're part of that heritage. That's your history If you want it to be, that's your history. And you mean something in that history. You're part of that. You're a piece of that puzzle. And then we've got the cornerstone. All of this foundation is centred on the cornerstone, Christ. The solid rock that everything is built around. There's the, you know, when they build an old sandstone building and they have their, you know, the first stone on the corner and then the whole thing is built out of that. That's where it all started, with Christ as the cornerstone. And, you know, like society is changing rapidly. I feel like it must be getting faster, the way things are changing and 
what technology has done and even what we consider important or valuable, like something that someone said 10 years ago, now they've got to sort of fervently apologize for because it's completely unacceptable in this day and age. And things that change, you know, I work for a tech company. We talk a lot about agility when we're hiring people. Like you need people that are agile because what we did one day, we don't do it the next week. Like things change so quickly. And, and that's just kind of how things are now. That's just the way life goes. God does not change. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The alpha and the omega, the one solid constant through all of this is God. That's the cornerstone. And that is the, that's the foundation. That's what it's all built up around. That doesn't change. How we maybe understand God or things that we emphasize or, you know, there's been different changes in church and movement and vernacular, you know, when was the last time you heard someone say Holy Ghost, you know, that's very 90s, Holy Ghost, like the terms change, but, but God does not change and that is our foundation, that's the cornerstone that everything else is built up around and if there's things in your life that kind of don't click, like they're not wrong, but they just don't kind of, cl- maybe they're not aligned with the cornerstone, make sure that, that Christ is established as your cornerstone, because when you do that, everything fits. And in this passage, the Passion Translation says, your lives are being built up together. Your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation. So in him, the whole building is joined together, established on this foundation. We're accepted into his family and in him, joined together. So it's about unity. It's about all of us. This isn't me in him, you in him, them in him. Like we are in him. Our lives are being built up together. That's how we establish the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I think like this is a, just an important thing to consider when we, when we talk about this. If we go back to the original passage, no longer foreigners and strangers, but citizens with God's people, members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, our lives are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives. And so we have to be intentional about that because it is, there is an us here. It's not, it's not an individual thing. And we see this all the way through that, it, that it, is about, it is about us. You know, on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting in the upper room together and the Holy Spirit came upon them. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us this day our daily bread. Like we, we pray with us. That was the main structure that he gave us, was, was our Father, the, you know, our, us in him, our lives built up together. When two or more are gathered in his name, so God is there in his midst. That's Matthew 18, 20. And so every day there's a daily outpouring where God's presence pours out when we're gathered in his name. And our lives being built up together means that, you know, not every single day we, we're not gathered in his name, but we are gathered in his name. Our lives are gathered in his name. And that's the thing that unites us, you know, like 
we don't have to kind of get weird about it. I'm, you know, like, I don't think you have to kind of put in place like societal rules about like sort of inclusion or social dynamics. Like it's sort of, it's just, it's bigger than that, you know? Like you're naturally just going to click with certain people and others less so. And that that's not kind of the point here. Like it's so much deeper than that. There's a connection and a bond and a unity that is founded on those things that we just talked about, those foundations, like that word from God, his Holy Spirit on us, that is the thing that bonds us together. So you don't have to kind of like force it, you know, like Beth's my sister. I don't have to kind of, we are sisters, you know, we're going to be sister. Like I don't have to kind of make, get around her and like, although I do sometimes hustle her, you know, like just barge into her room. But like, I don't, like we just are sisters. Like that's the relationship. That's the bond. And how we connect is how sisters connect because we're sisters. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to kind of force that. Like, come on, we're sis- we've got to be sisters. Like, we are. It's fine. Like, you know, and you have tensions or whatever. You, you make an effort to resolve them because that relationship is so critical and so important. But, but, it, but it's natural, you know. It's there. And so we have to make an effort to be uni- uni- united. But the Holy Spirit does the work. When we come together, he does the work. He makes it happen. And it's funny, I was sort of praying like about that particular topic because I'll be honest, it's not naturally my favorite topic. Like, it doesn't get me that excited. I'm not probably that much of a people person the way someone like Beth is. You know, like I'm just like, okay, well, yeah, good. I love people and that's great. But I sort of was like, why does unity matter? And the Lord dropped in my spirit. Because it's hard. Because it's really, really hard. It's almost impossible for a group of random people with all kinds of different backgrounds and priorities and lifestyles and personalities to come together and to build something and to put aside their own personal priorities and personalities and to have a purpose that is greater than themselves and to build that week after week and day after day and to stay connected and committed to one another for years and years and resolve things and and sort out tensions and commit to fellowship to do that's impossible that doesn't happen throughout history that has never happened without the holy spirit that is the only way that 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 can work the only way that that's when we see the glory of God shine upon us because there's no, you can't create a utopia. You know, you see this, it's a disaster. People try and create these special fun commune things and we're going to go full socialist and do this thing. And it doesn't work because sin gets in the way and people are broken and we hurt each other. The only way that it works is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And it says in this text, when we come together, His Holy Spirit fills the temple. We become the temple and the Spirit falls upon us. The Spirit fills us. And it's a miracle. And that is how the rest of the world will know that we are God's people. Which I have a verse for. John 13, 35. By this, all men will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. Unity matters because it's really hard and it's only possible with the Holy Spirit. So thank goodness that we have him. Thank goodness that he comes upon us. And it's, it's, it's so critical, you know, like make sure that your heart is in the right place with this, that you 
don't just love God and you don't just love church, but you love his church, where he's planted you, the people here, because that's the church. That's what makes up the church. You know, about a year ago, Caleb and I moved to the city. I'd been commuting to the city for about four years. Um, Caleb got a job in the city and then three weeks later decided that commuting was not possible, so we better move. <laughs> um, no, but it was, it was just too full on with both of us and his hours, to be fair, are insane. So we wanted to move. We liked living down there and we wanted to do it. So we did. We felt good about it. We prayed about it and we felt right, so we moved. And then we sort of had this weird thing with church, like, well, what do we do? Like, we didn't want to leave, but it's quite a long way to away and can we do like a half-half thing? Like we know we're not probably going to live down there forever, so it's like just a kind of weird temporary thing. And, you know, we felt really like free to do what we wanted to do. So we sort of just like we visited a few churches in the city and we were coming up here a lot. And it just took a couple months. We just like ugh, couldn't quite get it. We didn't know what to sort of do. And in the end, we, we just wanted to come here. Because this, this is our family. This is our community. This is our home. And any Sunday that we weren't here, we're like, oh, man. Like, even other churches that we visit, we're like, they're great, but they're just not our people. Like, that's, yeah, you're awesome. Hi, nice to meet you, I guess. I don't want to go to your connect group because I don't know you and I don't like you. I like you guys, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, it just, this was home. And so we just come up here, like, as much as we can, we just drive, it takes 90 minutes in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, and we just do it, because we really like it, and we, this is where we belong, and it's worth it, you know, I used to commute every day to work, now I just commute to church, and it's just worth it, because this is where God's put us, and it's just a small thing, but you get to make choices about the life that you want to live and where God's put you and and what his plan is for you. And I'm telling you that his plan for you is community. His plan for you is unity because he's made it so clear that this is how we create the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built, built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You know, back in the day, there was a the temple and there was the tabernacle and inside was the Holy of Holies where the the presence of God dwelt. And once a year, the high priest would do an elaborate sacrifice and go in and be in the presence of God and then come out. And that was it. And now not only do we get to waltz right in, we become that temple. We become that dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. When we're joined together, we gather in his name and the Holy Spirit does the rest. What a, what a miracle. What an incredible legacy that we get to stand on and celebrate. And so, church, this morning, I just want to encourage you to remember that and, and commit to that and appreciate it because it's, it's, it's so significant. And you get to decide how much that means for your life, but it should mean a lot because that's what Jesus died for, is for this community. That's how the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in us, in each of our lives and in this temple, this household of God. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. 
For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. <laughs>